Hey, yogis. The down and dirty of Chaturanga. Let's spend a little time talking about demystifying this very challenging pose we call Chaturanga. One of the cool things about sun salutations and the history of yoga is sun salutations, which include the pose Chaturanga, have been around for thousands of years. We still practice these beautiful sun salutes. I think that speaks great volume to the power of this little series of poses, the purpose of Chaturanga, why it's in there. And on the other side of this very important kind of pose throughout history, we have a lot of people that can't do it. I feel like I lose so many students to this single pose. I think it is the most intimidating pose we do in a flow class. And a lot of people just don't have the strength to do it. Therefore, they just kind of check out and decide I can't do yoga. And I hate to hear that. I really, I just don't like that. It's just upsetting to my soul. So I want to provide some tools and context around this pose to help people still have the practice of yoga and not be so intimidated by it. You probably don't need a lot of my guidance if you're one of the people that tends to not get along with this pose. You're the one in class that skips it, or you might be the student that lowers from high plank all the way to your belly, and sometimes you feel like you collapse when you do that. You end up on your belly, then you take up dog or cobra, then back to downward facing dog. But you always have that little nag in the the back of your mind of just like, oh, this pose. And then this is the most fascinating thing to me. I see people that have been practicing five, six, seven years, and we still can't do chaturanga. So something is missing as teachers and practitioners in this field. Why aren't we getting stronger? What are we doing? What do we need to do to get our chaturanga powerful? I think a lot of times it's human nature. We see we can't do something, so we either bell, we we run from it, Or we do the opposite. We go at it really hard. We do so many of them so many times a day. We up the volume, the intensity, and then we end up hurt. So we have these kind of two situations. And what I talk about in my course, I created a course on our online studio called Demystify Chaturanga. You can pop online and take it anytime you want. It's available 24-7. We talk about backing up, regressing, Back to the beginning, just like when you learn to ride a bike. You learn with training wheels, and you pedal around the neighborhood, and then your mom takes the training wheels off, or your dad, and they hold the back of your seat, and they run with you down the sidewalk. Sometimes that's all we need with a pose like this is just to back up to some fundamentals and gain some strength, gain the necessary elements within the physical body in order to do the pose. And that just requires a little bit of homework, and a little bit of efficiency and tools and knowledge to put in your own yoga practice to meet that goal. Another great point to highlight here, and yoga teachers will love me for this, we often just don't have time in a normal studio class to break this pose down, to really work with it one-on-one, to really get a general understanding of it. We really need more of a workshop setting or, you know, doing this online course at home on your own. We need more time, more attention towards it. 
So it does take a little bit of, you know, responsibility of the practitioner to educate themselves, get involved on the other end and kind of work with your teacher at your studio, kind of work with the whole system to bring your level of knowledge up about the practice. And I think this course does just that and gives us a lot of tools to, to help, help push us in that direction. Now, here's a, here's a great uh, story in a way I, I kind of approach things. And I, I think it's helpful for us to just talk about it. But when someone comes to me about a pose they, they don't like, they don't want to do it, they don't like it, the first thing I've noticed over the years that I ask them to do is I just ask them, well, where are you hurting? Where is the source of this avoidance? And I really just let them sit there and really think about it. What's, what's bothering you about the pose? That's the first place to start. If it's the wrist in Chaturanga, I talk about the risk in the course and we need to work on strengthening the wrist. We need to work on the fingertips being an extension of the wrist, pushing through down into the ground and kind of a rebound effect back up to the rest of the body, not just dumping in a certain joint. We have to figure out where they're hurting. Is, is it the low back? Are they having a collapsing of energy in the low back? Do they feel it's real front loaded? What can we do about that? Can we involve the legs a little bit more? Or a simple thing of just like the traditional perfect alignment's not working for them and we need to adjust the elbows slightly out to improve the scapular intelligence and mobility there to fit their body like a well-made custom tailor suit. And we go through all this in the course. I really break down the traditional alignment versus a more biomechanical lens of alignment and how the body's highly adaptable and what we can do to really mold and fit this pose to fit you and fit your practice to where you feel strong. And there's a reduction in this collapsing within the joints of the body or areas of the body. And think about it. You have to be very strong to hold chaturanga at 90 degrees, the way the traditional alignment wants us to get there and there's nothing wrong with that that blueprint i love that goal and it's a beautiful pose and i think it's important we have challenge in our life and something to work towards so getting to that you know traditional alignment with maybe a little modification here or there to fit you perfectly is a great goal back to the original question though where are you hurting that's a great place to start and then we can find the kind of the hot spots within your pose what I call kind of release valves where there's a lack of presence or energy flowing that can lead to injury, irritation, you just checking out, uh, feeling not strong enough. All of these pitfalls are usually found in the area of the body. So first we need to locate that and then that'll kind of tell us about ourselves and what we need to work on. So yeah, good question to ponder. You know, when you're doing the pose, which part of this pose, where in my body am I really just not enjoying this right now? And that's your clue to where you need to work. Now let's have the opposite side of this conversation. What pose do you feel really strong, confident, powerful, and you have the balance of the stira, which means stability and strength, like the foundation, and sukha, which is the ease, the comfort, the grace. That's the essence of yoga right there. We want our poses to eventually feel like this and have this kind of mm, middle path rhythm that's really centering and beautiful where you feel like there's work. You're not checking out. You're not taking a nap. But there's ease. There's some grace. 
And oftentimes it takes a lot of work to find that place in poses, but you've got to have one. Like just think of one, even if it's just Shavasana or child's pose or Supdhavada Kanasana. Go to that pose and think about what you feel. Where do you feel strong? Why do you feel strong? What is it about that pose or your body's calibration, your way of being in that pose that really creates this feeling of empowerment? And nine times out of 10, when I have a student show me that, I just see calm confidence all over their face. And I I see and have this experience of talking to them that they've got a, a nice energetic line through the whole pose. They feel whole. So the whole body is working. I call it like a, you own the pose. You own the pose. And what do I mean by that? Well, an example. You're walking in a crowded shopping mall and someone bumps you pretty hard and you don't fall over. You come right back to your center. You have an ownership of standing upright. We've done it since we were little bitty and learned to crawl and then learned to walk. And we develop this confidence in our nervous system and our physical body to stay upright, even when things are thrown at us. That's what we're looking for in Chaturanga. We eventually want to have ownership of the pose where if someone bumped you, you could come right back to it. That's a feeling of deep power and strength, something to work towards. And when we have that kind of power, what I notice in students and in my own practice is my whole body's involved. It's like I have global tension, global awareness. I have efficient management of my energy usage and it's, it's moving throughout the whole body. Now it may not be perfect. Don't hear me wrong. I don't have the exact amount of same weight in the left shoulder as the right shoulder. I'm, I'm human too. I don't believe we can achieve total perfection in that way. That's not really the goal anyways of yoga, but you get my point. There's, there's an ownership to where I don't feel like I'm collapsing in my legs or my core and low back or my shoulders or my wrists when I do the pose. Therefore, making it more and more accessible to me as a practitioner. So I hope that that helps a little bit, kind of steer you in the direction of where my thoughts are, what I'm thinking, and just chaturanga in general. Another question I've received a lot over my years of teaching is, I'm not feeling my core in chaturanga. I'm not, I'm not feeling it in high plank. How do I feel this? How do I know my core is engaged? A little practice, a little experiment for you. Just get on your mat and go to high plank. Do you feel your core engaging? Do you feel heat, strength, an act, an action, um, a hugging towards your center? What do you What do you feel when you're just hanging out in your high plank? A couple of things I would check: if your chin just drops and your head's hanging. Bring your chin and forehead level to the floor so the neck becomes a part of this. Check your legs. Are you buckling anywhere in the legs? And the most important part of this experiment, and I cue this a lot in my classes, if your rear is too high or too low, you're going to miss the core. So if it's too high, you may feel more in your shoulders An upper body, if your rear is up in the air too high, and if it's dipping too low, you might feel this collapse or pinching in your low back. So we want to look for this really even plane. And 
that looks different in everybody. You can't just say from the outside looking at the body, oh, move here, move there. You can guide, a teacher can guide you, but eventually you have to feel that connection inside your own body. So try that out and and find a place where you start to feel a little shaking, a heat, an energy pulling at your abdomen, just in high plank. That's the first place to start, just high plank. Back it up, back it up. Okay, another little experiment you can do. Lay flat on your mat, on your belly, prone. Bring your hands to your lowest rib. Spread the fingers wide. Activate a small posterior tilt of your pelvis. So that means kind of like a really small tucking of your tailbone where the pubic bone moves more into your mat. And see if you feel your core turn on. Just see if that happens flat on your belly. If it does, engage the arms, engage the legs, and just act like you're going to push up into chaturanga all the way through high plank. Just kind of the action of. And see if you can feel the tilt engaging the core. Oftentimes we're led to believe chaturanga is all in the upper body and the shoulders and the arms are doing all the work. It's really not true. The core really is the center and compass of this entire pose. It moves you in and out. It gives you control, sustainability, longevity in the pose. It gives you the power element straight from the abdomen. So play around with finding that perfect tilt in your pelvis where the pelvis and the abdominal area start to talk to each other. When that connection happens, it's like a light bulb goes off and you have a new confidence, a new skill, a new action to own, to practice and to eventually own so you have the court engaged throughout your chaturanga. A little more color around what's actually in my course if you're interested in really tackling chaturanga. We do break down the traditional alignment so you really understand it. We look at the problem area of that anterior shoulder pain students often complain about, what's happening there. We go a little deeper into the meaning of it. I give you a lot of assessment tools for your strength and poses and exercises you can do as homework and during your classes to really master this pose. And I also include a meditation for pranadharna to help build confidence and using visualization and meditation techniques to bring you to your goal of getting this pose down in a way that feels strong and powerful for you. So I highly recommend it. And I hope the little podcast helped and gave you some tips to get started. And thank you for those of you that do end up supporting us. That does keep us going and we really appreciate it. And yeah, do yoga. It's good for you. Namaste, yogis.